1: Rebecca Lowe, host of NBC's coverage of the Premier League. Welcome along to the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast, where you can get the latest can't miss content from NBC's coverage of one of the best leagues in the world. Plus, be sure to tune in on weekends at 7am Eastern for Premier League mornings on NBCSN. But for now, we hope you enjoy the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast. We spent much of the pre-game, Robbie, talking about how badly they needed a victory. Everton, you said you felt that maybe Marco Silva Mm. had this game to save his job. Well, not only did they get the result, boy, did they get a performance.
2: Well done, Marco Silva. And it sort of tells me, Rebecca, that this guy works better under pressure. This guy works better when the spotlight's on him. And, And I'm just wondering if he's one of those managers that when he wins game. He goes in on Monday and it's quite a light day and it's quite jovial. They don't get the focus back. I can remember back in the day we had managers. We win a big game against one of the big six. Monday, he'd give you the hardest running session you'd ever had just to keep your mind and your concentration on the job. And I think Marco Silva's got to make sure that that's the standard now. Whether they play good or bad football, the effort, the determination and the work rate was something that they should be giving now every week.
1: That's interesting. That is the standard. That is the performance of the season from Everton so far, the fans are going to start demanding that.
3: I mean, yeah, I guess if, if you wanted to find some sort of uh, negative, and there's not many, is to say, okay, well, you've raised the bar and you showed what this team is capable of. This is a West Ham team, three clean sheets. I mean, most of the Premier League. On Everton side, that, that with the attacking talent they brought into the group, held goalless in four of their eight Premier League matches to get two goals, to get a clean sheet, and most importantly, to get a performance that had intensity and, and, and competition and consistency of keeping that bar high through the entire game. No drop-off in the second half. Even the, the, the silver lining of Sigerton was not happy, you could tell. He starts a lot. He comes on, and, and it's almost, in a way, a good kind of chip on your shoulder performance to get a goal. Now, now the week's buzzing. Now you get good performances. Can they continue that on? Because they just did a, a service to their manager, and I think they did it because, I mean, you know, we read between the lines. They They, they believe in him. That was a performance of a team that probably wants to fight for their manager.
1: Goals in each half from Bernard and Gilfie Sigurdsson gave Everton a 2 0 win against West Ham this morning, moved them out of the bottom three and up to 12. Let's get the thoughts of that man who was under great spotlight before the game.
4: Marco, a vital win, you needed it, and the players delivered for you. Um, It's not
5: because the players delivered for me. Um, We are a group, we are a team. what is important for me and big proud of them, like we play football. This is the the big thing because it's the the way we plan the games, is the way we train. We work since the first day I joined the club, and when I can see them um, express themselves um, on the pitch, like I saw this this afternoon, is the the main thing for me. Of course, after when you play in the level we played today, um, the results will be really close, and the wins will be there uh, for us. Um, this is the main thing, the quality we we showed since the first minute the intensity the pace, of course, but that quality the our three plus three front attack players plus uh, Alexi Obe always in mobility like I like, really good game the, the our team, we deserve clearly three points just maybe more goals we will be what we deserve, but the, um, very good performance the crowd was really good as well supporting our players like I asked them since the first minute um, and it was really good, this is in was a good reaction, like we, like I expect to be. To be honest with you, like I said to you before the game, we will react as a, as a very good team, as a, as a, group, really, and and we did that.
1: Well, Marco Silva chopped and changed today, just as he has done all season. Is now the time, though, Carl, that Marco Silva has to fine-tune that team and know his best 11.
3: Well, yeah, it's, it's past time. And the difficulty is today was a forced decision to play a player like Tom Davies who doesn't start a lot, who was excellent today, and he doesn't tend to like in that defensive midfield position where Charleston isn't the forward he's wanted to use. So what worked today is kind of the plan B. If if he goes with it and he has a good month of, of winnable games except for Spurs, by Leicester on December 1st, he's got to know his, his first team. I think as well, Rebecca,
2: knowing your best team also... The drive and determination of a football team and a football club comes from its manager. And so on days like today, deserves a lot of credit when the pressure was under. But what we've seen is when players are motivated in the right, this is a good team. Sigurdsson, Keane, Richarlison, Bernard, Mm. Iwobi. These players who can play. Now it's on the manager. Mm. He's got to set that standard and make sure we get that more on a regular
3: basis.
1: They got it in the end in terms of a point, but is a point enough at home to Watford or are they taking everything they can get in their bid to try and find their form?
3: No, it's not enough. Uh, there, there's no way they can spin that and say finish strongly, uh, got a point, you know, trying to rebound in this situation. It took them so long to get in the game and moving the ball around, um, as I said at halftime, uninventive, languid, and, and it just has to be better for Spurs. There aren't any excuses to get a result like that today.
1: Are they improved? Are they better today at all?
2: Don't really leave it back. I mean, it's 1-1 against the team bottom of the table who haven't won a game yet. People are looking at Spurs and saying, there looks like there's problems in the camp. What the performance you see today, you would feel there is problems at the camp. Things need to be sorted out. The manager has to get hold of things. He has to unite this football club because at the moment, it looks like it's broken.
1: Let's just talk about the table, because it's really interesting, Carl. And if you look back at this point last season, we're more or less a quarter of the way into the season. There weren't as many interesting storylines. Tottenham were doing much better. Bournemouth and Watford were doing much better. Mm-hmm. Manchester United were 10th, actually, this time last season. <coughs> as I say, right now, they're sitting in 15th. And Leicester were 11th, and right now they're in the top four. But when you just saw that table there, there's a lot of narratives. Which one, for you, really takes the biscuit right now?
3: Chelsea football club. I mean, there are a lot of candidates and I feel like we get to early parts of the season. We almost don't look at the table because it's not representative of what teams are doing. Some, some teams have a huge start and are clubs that are worried about relegation and kind of get complacent and comfortable and start to drift down and things naturally settle. Um, Chelsea football club deserve to be where they are. And that surprises me that they're that high. And it's, we talked a lot about transition and the guys just talked about transition and Lee was talking about the two year project for Manchester United. Um, if anyone was going to be given a pass, it was going to be Frank Lampard, the transfer ban. Um, h- how much success has been there while at the same time losing some of the staples in that locker room that helped stabilize it? Um, the sorry era being a bit crazy. And we were over there in preseason. I don't know how you felt, but you can tell right away if a manager is supposed to be a manager and then also comfortable in the position they're in. This is a huge challenge for Super Frank. It, he seemed so comfortable when we talked to him at the training ground. He said, I'm not going to try to repeat the past. And he's not. He's winning in a different way. And if you think about the project of when Sir Alex Ferguson left, they spent about a billion dollars at Manchester United. I mean... Twice the net spend what Chelsea have, and not only are Chelsea performing better in a quicker project with an inexperienced manager, all their assets are worth more now than what they paid for. And when Manchester Uniteds are worth a lot less than what they paid for.
1: I also feel like people like Chelsea again. Mm. I think for yeah. a number of Fra- years.
3: Frankston, Yeah,
1: him. I think people like Frank Lampard, and people mm. are starting to like Chelsea again. Which stands out for you? What storyline?
2: I'm going to go Leicester City, Rebecca. What four years ago or so they were winning titles, they could be resting on their laurels. And, and Carl's mentioned the buzzword is in transition. Manchester United, Arsenal, Chelsea to a certain degree all say at the start of the season, we're in transition. That basically means don't expect too much success. Well, Leicester City have had transition. The new managers come in. They've had to sort of evolve from the, the title-winning team, bring in young players, yet they're still winning matches. After nine games this season, they've got more points than they did when they won the title. Everybody says we need time. Well... One loss at home since he's been manager, Brendan Rodgers. We need money. They sell their best player, Harry Maguire, for $97 million and don't look any different. I would love right now to be a Leicester City fan, to watch that team be progressive, be forward-thinking, look like they've got a plan, a manager who's put his fingerprints all over this football club, and all this talk of... I need a million, millions of dollars to get the team right. I've got a million excuses why we're not going to do things. Leicester City have been honest, they've been truthful. They're a sort of beacon of just going from strength to strength, quietly.
1: Time for our regular Sunday morning segment, The Boot Room. And in a moment, we're going to be joined by the chap's pitch side, Arlo Lee and Graham. And we're going to assess really the state of both United and Liverpool, big picture. Now that it does feel like both have entered a very different era, um... Robbie, I'll start with you. Mm. Manchester United—they entered this era six years ago, six and a half years ago. When Sir Alex Ferguson left the club, it's not been a good chapter. Let's be honest. They've won some silverware, but not the silverware that they used to and the silverware that they've wanted to win. How long is this era going to last?
2: From brutally honest, Rebecca, naught to five years—I don't think we've got a chance. I think we're talking five to ten years. But here's where they could have an opportunity, and they're not going to like this comparison. Liverpool Football Club, four years ago, was 10th in the league when a man named Jürgen Klopp walked into that club. He's a man with personality to lift the football club, with vision of what a team needs to do, of structure in terms of what he wants to have. Of that squad that he inherited, there's only three players left. Lallana, Milner and Origi. So completely changed the outlook of the team. And in four years, they've won a Champions League uh, final and look like, and at the moment it's early, look like they're heading towards a, a, a title. So, in a, in a four-year period, it can be done. My question is, is Ollie is the plan in place for Manchester United to do it in that time?
1: Because so much of that is, is about Klopp. But mm-hmm. a lot, Kyle, is also about a structure around the manager. A quote this week from Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, I just want to read to you. He said this, I am sure we will bounce back and win the league don't think he means this season and I'm sure it won't be 30 years until the next Premier League Jab. we do win um <laughs> indeed yeah. um is the structure as you alluded to mm. correct around Ole Gunnar Solskjaer to give him the chance that that four-year period that Liverpool have just had could actually happen at United
3: absolutely not and, and that's why um you know Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, should we fire him, should we not, is irrelevant. And, and, and arguments for firing I just him? just ask you are, a question
2: on that, just so quickly? So if Klopp went in with that structure, you don't think he could do the same?
3: Um, I, I don't think he would do as well as he's doing at Liverpool, because you forget the Fenway sports group above him. You, you forget that Liverpool, listen, the, the rebuild on, uh, for Alex Ferguson was wasting time and money. Uh, Louis van Gaal wasn't the right guy. Jose Mourinho was the right guy for the wrong reasons. And now they spent a billion pounds and are worse than they were at the beginning of this rebuild. Fenway Sports Group came in. They lost Suarez. They lost Steven Gerrard. They lost Raheem Sterling. They had to restructure things at the top and then plug Jurgen Klopp into that. Jurgen Klopp didn't create that. It's just Jurgen Klopp came into an environment where he could thrive and take time and trust youth and not spend a ton of money. And then they gave him a monster check for van dyck and, and, and that that was the catalyst of a, of a rebuild there is no rebuild going on at manchester united it, it's build a little bit break it down build a little bit break it down until they fix it up top I, I don't i don't think it matters who's in charge right now
4: ollie gunnar solskjaer clearly graham does believe in the project and also believes that he has time how realistic is he
6: Um, I think I'm realistic on both counts.
4: (laughs) I completely agree with what Carl was saying. I can't believe they've got
6: armchairs, by the way, over there. (laughs) What's going on? Um, But in terms of the structure, football's moved on. Football is now about having systems in place and having structures in place that help make big decisions. And what Manchester City and Liverpool have done brilliantly with is they've evolved as clubs. They've got people in place... To, to make big decisions about final pieces of jigsaws. So you go and spend £70-80 on a centre-back or a goalkeeper because you know that person absolutely fits the philosophy and the identity of the team. It's aligned with the manager, with the finances, with the owners of the club. Manchester United don't seem to have any of that. They've spent so much money trying to plug gaps mm. and, 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 and failed in doing that. And, and in football, you're always under the pressure of having to win on a weekly basis whilst you're restructuring a business, and they're failing on both counts at the moment.
4: I'm going to ask you both this question. If you were to combine for both potential starting 11s today, how many Manchester United players would be in that 11 For you, Lee, we'll start with you.
7: I think uh, none. <laughs>
4: Seriously, none? <laughs>
7: well, you, you build an argument about, you know, you could say Maguire... I think the partnership of of Martip and Van Dijk is better. Um, Goalkeeper De Gea... Been making mistakes. I, I don't. I don't see where in it. I think that's probably the first time I w- I've ever said that or ever even thought about answering that question and saying no. Mm. And I think that's where they come. I mean, Manchester United are, with, the, with the bookies today, a four to one at home mm. to win against Liverpool. Never been known. Mm. It's never been known. They've never been this far away from the club they're trying to play against and, and match up. I mean, the last time that Liverpool won the title in, in 1990. You know, Manchester United. Were, were streets streets ahead of uh, streets behind them as far as titles. Now all of a sudden Manchester United mm. have now got to a position where Liverpool are chasing them. They've got to win the title though Liverpool. All, all said and done, mm. we're talking about Liverpool, we're talking about Manchester United. Liverpool have to win something. United are, I, I agree with Robbie when you say
6: five years. I can't see this turning round in, in, in the space of three years. I let's really be, can't. Let's be positive for one moment about Manchester United in the sense that Daniel James excellent young player good prospect mm. wan good prospect they've got, they've got some individuals that are good they can't be held accountable they need to be protected and allowed to develop in an environment where they can grow not be under pressure every time and mm. start playing with fear and that's what I sense at the moment with this group of players there's
4: moments in game big moments in games where they feel fearful before the Premier League era, Liverpool led 18-7 in titles. When Sir Alex Ferguson left here, United led 2018. Absolutely remarkable. Although Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer says this week it won't take another 30 years for them to win a title. A little dig at Liverpool. So we'll switch to them now. Things looking a bit rosier for them. One defeat in 47 Premier League games. Top of the table, European champions. What have been the keys to their success? Well, I think the project
7: that they—the opposite of what United uh, has gone through. Sir Alex Ferguson, when he was here, built a legacy, and they haven't. United didn't follow on with that. Liverpool's different. They've been on a project way before Klopp came, and they've been given a, a, a. A pay structure, wage structure buying players to create something long term, like Oli's trying to do here now, whether he gets that time is another thing, but Liverpool are right in the middle of that now, ultimately, unless you win a trophy, and I'm talking the trophy Mm. because that's the one, you ask Arsene Wenger, you ask Sir Alex Ferguson, that's the one they all want to win, Champions League is great don't, don't get me wrong but you set your standards by winning league titles and Liverpool have to go over the line now. They've had so much, so many chances over the last few years.
6: This has got to be the year with the lead that they've got. To your point about winning the Premier League, it's about 38 games during a season. You need to have everything right over the course of a year mm. and overcome so many different environments that that proves you are the best team for that season that proves you're, you've built something for that season that's sustainable and and that's everything Liverpool have done to the point of nearly winning it because they mm. come up against an extraordinary team in and rival in Manchester City but I still believe that what they're doing, what, how they've done it, is absolutely incredible. They've brought in some good young players, got some bargains in there. Robertson, Robertson is yep. a great example. Um, Alexander-Arnold, Gomez, some young players. They've got some experience and they've gone and broken the bank with a Van Dyke. But it's all based on a top-down and a, and a bottom-up approach it's completely aligned and therefore you've got a much better chance of hitting your targets and the target for them this season is to win the league and they
7: haven't done that yet
4: Yeah, Let's well, keep... <laughs> there's my question 30 games to go yes or no Liverpool will win the league
7: well it'd be an astonishing if they don't um, but I still don't know. I've still, I'm, t- I'm telling you, after Christmas, we'll go back to the old stories about it again. Twitchy
6: time towards the end of the season again. That was about 47 words, yes or no? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I said they'd win it at the beginning of the season. I still believe that. Rebecca, back to you.
1: Arlo, thank you very much. With regards to the importance of Jurgen Klopp, Kahn, you touched on it when we talked about Manchester United, um, the era of success at Liverpool in the 70s, 80s and very early 90s came across a number of managers. Mm -hmm. How much do you think this era will rely on Klopp? As in, if he were to leave, do you think Liverpool would struggle? Or do you think that the structure is in place now, the culture is in place for them to have prolonged success?
3: Well, listen, who who they replace him with is very important, but he's built something that's sustainable. I mean, there there is a structure in place. And this isn't a new coach comes in, tear it all up, start over, buy a new team, like we've seen with, with Manchester United. Um, what's interesting is when, when I think back, and I didn't play against those teams, and I was young and, and, and sometimes watching highlight films of those teams with Rush and all these incredible players, but you think about the attacking talent they had. Liverpool were, from my, from my point of view, a defensive, strong team that was hard to break down, hard to beat. And it's just really interesting that it, that's the part that's taken the longest to put in place. And so, you know, it's kind of like at Borussia Dortmund, where you, you saw the progress, and that's what those guys are talking about. You know, Jurgen Klopp hasn't repeated history. He hasn't gone back to try and be the Liverpool of old. In a way, he's been battling against history, and he's talked about that from the very beginning. It's almost that incredible past and the difficulty to go three decades without a title, but the expectation still be that this team should battle for titles. And when he took them over, even though Brendan Rodgers came close, it was an unrealistic expectation. It's not anymore.
1: Probably you just about, am I right in saying, played against the top, top Liverpool yeah, teams at the end of the 80s? Absolutely. So you, you've seen that club at, at, a, it's, at its best. best Absolute right? Absolute
2: best. Rebecca. Do you
1: get the sense that we are entering another era like that?
2: So I do. But what's really interesting, and Carl's touched on a couple of things and the boys have, that sometimes history of your football club can weigh heavy on the current team. Manchester United now, the problems are that everybody's contrasting them to the treble team in the Ferguson era, and then they're, they're nowhere near getting back there. Liverpool Football Club, over the years, have always been contrasted back to those teams I played, who, Carl's right, were defensively great, but let me tell you, could attack you and beat you 6-0 if you weren't careful. This Liverpool team has been built from the front back. You've got all the front guys, midfield, uh, goalkeeper and centre-back. He's now in a position where something's in place with Liverpool. If they can win this first title, there's a platform in place for them to win titles continually. Mm -hmm. But Lee Dixon's made a great point. We're nine nine games after today, and they ain't won anything yet. The Mm -hmm. doubts are still there because they've not gone 38 games in a season and been top of the park.
3: And the other thing, forget, forget the title. Winning in Europe? I mean, winning Champions League is a conversation no one would even think about having with Manchester United right now, and they just did that last year Liverpool. So they're building something special.
1: Let's get some post-match reaction from the tunnel at Old Trafford from Adam Lallana after his first goal in two and a half years. But first, Captain Jordan Henderson.
8: You had your arm round Adam as you came off the pitch.
9: Do you owe him a large thanks today? Yeah, definitely, you know. I'm delighted for him because he worked so hard and he deserves a bit of luck you know to get to come on and, and get a goal I'm delighted for him and he, he saved us with a, with a point a day and it, it could be a big point point um, come the end of the season so um yeah I'm, de- I'm delighted for him but what could have been better today we know that um I still feel as though towards yeah second half we we're, were much better and um, and wanted to go and win the game but if you can't win, don't lose. And, and thanks to this man, whenever. It was far from a vintage performance. What was the problem today? I'm not sure. I thought it was quite scrappy first half. We weren't fluid enough. Um, we weren't playing football at all, really. First half, it was quite scrappy. Um, second half, I thought we caused them more problems, um, especially towards the end of the game. Um, and yeah, we we're pushing for the winner towards the end, but couldn't find it. What were the manager's instructions to you when he sent you on, Adam?
10: Uh, just, just make an impact. You know, we've got 25 minutes left, and um, yeah, like Jordan said, we probably weren't at our best today. But at times like that you have to look to the bench, and um, you know you have to come on and change the game. I thought Ox done extremely well when he come on, and uh, listen, if we're gonna we're gonna win the league, if we're gonna compete uh, to take the title, then we're, we're not gonna need just 11. We're gonna need a squad, and um, if that's what we can take out of today's game, then, then brilliant. And, and I think it is a point gained. You know, we we weren't our best, um, you know, but people were. You know, saying this was probably going to be an easy three points for us, it's, it just shows it's never the case as uh, form goes out the window in these kind of games.
8: Did you feel like you were heading towards that banana skin that the manager referred to?
10: Um, not really. I think, you know, especially when I came on, it felt that after ten minutes we kind of controlled the game and um, you know, towards the end I thought we were the only team that were going to go and get three points.
8: What was the feeling amongst Liverpool players
9: on their goal? and the foul and the build up to it or the foul that the Liverpool players were claiming I think you know what the feeling was because you've seen all of the, our reactions when they went in you probably know better than me because you've looked back at it I just felt as though the referee gave a lot of them free kicks to them similar type of free kicks in the first half and, and that one for me was was very similar to the one he gave given Marcus early on and he didn't give it for us And then, but we've got to defend it the, the goal better um, and it's no excuse for us and um, and, yeah, performance level wasn't up to our normal standards, so um, we've got to accept, move on, learn from the game, um, take the, the positives, learn learn from the negatives and keep going, keep pushing.
8: Psychologically, though, Adam, how big is the difference between losing here today and coming away with something?
10: Yeah, it's huge. Um, you know, we've come to Old Trafford and we've got a point. Probably probably take that at the beginning of the season and you know, we're still unbeaten this season, so huge positives considering we didn't play our best. Uh, but like Jordan said, we, you know, we, we learn, we move on and um, you know, we've got Genk midweek now and, and then Spurs uh, at Anfield at the weekend.
1: Well done. Interesting from both players there, especially Jordan mm. Henderson, made a point yeah. of saying, again, not at our best, but we yeah. came away with something. That's yeah. probably four matches now that mm. Liverpool haven't been at their best. They've come away with points, yeah. victories and then the point today And all of them. It can't go on too long though, can it?
2: No, but... Lee and Graham talked before the game, both won titles, and said if you don't play well, don't lose. Liverpool haven't lost today. I'm sure when Manchester United side of things come out, they can talk positively about the game because for 85 minutes they were winning, could have gone on and, and, and certainly upset Liverpool and have stopped that unbeaten run. But in the quest of what both these clubs were after, it's a huge point for Liverpool. Could have lost. Last season, they lost the Premier League title by one point that could be the difference for them of what they achieved today.
1: It's amazing. Yeah. Five minutes from time, they get that goal because the conversation we would have been having, <laughs> the two players would have been answering such different questions, entire perceptions would have changed had they not got that goal from Lalana.
3: For sure. And um, especially in a second half where Manchester United were clearly trying to see out a result. I think they only had 23% of the ball in the second half and there was always a threat that Manchester United could catch them on the counter again like they did in the first. Uh, substitutions helped. And you know, I talked about the other guys not being trusted all that much. Shakiri's Shaqiri, hurt. Lalana comes on, gets the goal. Uh, Oxley Chamberlain was bright and brought some some pace and some ingenuity to the to the midfield. Just it's a tough day because Mosala obviously makes them better, and and you have to measure them up against Manchester City. Manchester City have had some disappointing results this year, but but you know, four shots on goals, not really generating anything. Is a, is a concern because you know, they're going to have to lose games because teams are a lot better than them today. And today, I, I do give a lot of the credit to Manchester United. This wasn't a terrible Liverpool performance. Manchester United came up with a massive performance when their manager's under the watch. When, when Jurgen Klopp walked on the
2: pitch at the end, Rebecca, over recent weeks we've seen him fist-pumping and, and getting the crowd, the crowd going. He blew out his cheeks today as if to say, We'll take a point. And
3: there's a six-pointer come. November 10th, I mean, now it's a six-point gap. So it's like that game now is all that much more important. It was the game last year in January that, that turned the tide. So they, this is a good point. they gotta take, They got to keep positive with it.
1: Just very quickly, mm. is coming back to get a point, people say if they come back and win, it's a sign of champions. Yeah, yeah. Is coming back to get a point still a little sign that they have that champion champions' quality?
2: Yeah, because it could have easily gone the other way. It could easily have been a 1-0 win to Manchester United, and we are talking a whole different scenario. They've found a way to get a point.
1: Adam Rolano with his first goal since May 2017, ensuring Liverpool-appointed Old Trafford winning streak over and run runs since January continues for Liverpool and Jurgen Klopp.
8: Given the pattern of the game, as you said, because you were behind for so long, does this feel like a real point gained as opposed to two lost?
11: No. Just the point. To be honest, since I'm in England, pretty much Man United plays against us like this. So they defend with all they have, and we have to we have to create. We could do we could do better. We will we will be better um, in the future. But now we have to take it like it is. Today. It's, it's a this game. Everybody builds it up like a mountain. And it's then really really big, and there's one team who has only to defend, and the other team has to make the game. <laughs> and we, that's what we try. Um, but we are not, no, we are not, we, we take the point, and it's better than having no point, much better, um, but it's not that we feel that we won something today, um, we didn't lose anything, it's just a point, let's carry on. It is the end of your winning run though, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was always clear it will happen one day, yeah? so no, no problem with that, we, we never thought about this, to be honest, uh, we, we, th- these boys rode in so many departments, um, LFC history. So, all good. So, 17 games. Now we can stop talking about that. We never talked about it, but now nobody will ask us anymore about that. So, now we can start a new series or whatever. Um, and we have to, because on Wednesday we play again. And all the stuff away in the Champions League, which is obviously um, not easy, all the things. Then Tottenham is coming, then Arsenal, then City. and So, they're coming thick and fast. And um, today we got a point. That's okay, but not more.
1: Jürgen Klopp said this game was a mountain. There is a man mountain with the chaps pitch side at Old Trafford. Back to Arlo.
4: Hi, Rebecca. Yes, uh, here we are with Virgil van Dijk. Virgil, thank you for joining us so soon after the end of what was a a very, very tough game for you guys. What is the feeling in the dressing room after that 1-1 draw? Disappointed. Uh,
12: Yeah, obviously, I think the first half... They brought a lot of fight to the pitch. They, they put a lot of pressure on us at times. Uh, they had their proper game plan, um, and we didn't react too well on it. We didn't play our best game in the first half. And obviously, we played the second half. I think we, 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 we took a, can take a lot of positives of it. We changed our system, put them a lot on pressure, and, uh, yeah, obviously scored the well-deserved equaliser, but, you know, unfortunately, we can't take the three points. What sort of a challenge does Marcus Rashford present for you as a defender? Well, yeah. Everyone knows Marcus Rashford and, and, and the other strikers. You know they're they're full of pace, keep running in channels, um, and you know the, that's the, that's their strength. That's how they play. You know, long balls in the channels and hope for the best. And um, I think today, you know, a couple of moments where they when it's dangerous and obviously when we when we want to press when when we you know want to put pressure on them, you know, we leave spaces in, in, in behind the zone and you have to deal with it.
7: Just give us an indication when the team sheet comes in, you realise. By the look of it, they're going to play three at the back. How does uh, how do the players adapt to that before the game? Did you had any idea they were going to play like that before?
12: To be fair, yes. We we had the meeting in the in the hotel, okay. and uh, the manager was already saying that you know they're probably going to be playing with five in the back, and uh, yeah, they did. So we were prepared. Um, obviously, we didn't we didn't play our good good first half, and uh, we should have done better.
6: And, and just from a point of view of knowing that they play counter attacking as well. How important, if you could just explain to people, how important is that defensive line for you? How high you come up, and and, and how early you drop off? Because you are a master at that,
12: just anticipating that, yeah. that distance. Yeah, I think they, especially what they did was to get James and, and Rashford as wide as possible, and, and obviously that's not easy for two centre backs to, to do. You know, to organise that. And uh, yeah, at times you have to be brave, you have to take risk as well, and, and be alert. Uh, I think the first half we got moments that we did that well, but we could have done better.
4: Adam Lallana has been with this club for a long time, and you'll know as well as anybody that injury-wise he's suffered a lot recently. He's had to make do with coming off the bench and making substitute appearances. How big a
12: moment is it for him in his career at Liverpool to produce a moment like that? Massive. Uh, Adam is a fantastic player. We see it, obviously, in training every every time he's he's on the pitch, and I'm just very pleased for him that he he scored the goal and uh, yeah, hopefully he can stay fit, keep, keep being important for the team because, you know, we need everyone.
8: Oli, just says me off camera. Almost. Does that really represent your feelings?
13: Yeah, it's uh, disappointing that you concede towards the end. It's uh, an easy goal to concede, you know. Yeah, we were defending a lot the second half, but uh, to concede across <laughs> along the six-yard line is disappointing. Uh, especially at the time it happened. I thought we'd uh, just started creating a couple of counter-attacks opportunities to get the second goal, but we couldn't uh, get it, unfortunately. How well do you think it worked, the three at the back and the split strikers? Well, we scored a goal from it. So, of course, we, uh, we have paced. Uh, Dan and Marcus, they're exceptionally quick. And if we defend well and give them the ball in the right moments, they will cr- uh, cause problems for anyone, and I thought... Uh, those two were really good with Andreas. I thought his movement and ag- aggression up there helped them a lot. So, very pleased with uh, how they performed uh, the tasks. Liverpool obviously unhappy with the goal. Do you think you were fortunate that the VR didn't rule it out? No. no I think it's uh, maybe a slight touch, but it's not like you have to... Uh, it's not a clear and obvious error, no, no chance. Uh, so for me it's, a, it's still a man's game uh, with the tackles allowed and the second one obviously is a handball, so that's, that, that was a clear one from Mane. So we're, today we're at the, at the right end of the VAR decisions. As a former striker
8: yourself, what would you say about Marcus Rashford's movement to finish the goal?
13: Not just the, uh, the movement on the goal, but his movement all, all uh, night, really. I think it's maybe one of his best games for us. I think he's showing strength. Uh, you can see it down the, down the side once he shows his pace against Van Dijk and there's a body-to-body challenge. He, sh- he was strong today, I thought. But on the goal, yeah, it's uh, the ones we uh, want from him, tap-ins. We had a little video session yesterday and uh, exactly um, that happened. More than just a point, what do you get out of today? Bear in mind the
8: build-up to this game and recent results.
13: Uh, response from the boys: great response. Uh, we know we have a team uh, that will work for each other. Great attitude and uh, atmosphere in there. And it maybe will this will turn uh, turn their season because they're disappointed in the dressing room because they feel we should have won. And that's that's a good sign for a manager to see the players really disappointed after getting a point against Liverpool. Then our fans, they show uh, again uh, that uh, they can see what's happening and uh, we will get there.
1: He is the most positive manager Mm. in the Premier League. He does finish most interviews Mm. by saying, we will get there. Um, He can take a lot from that game. He talked about Mm. the response because, of course, two weeks ago United lost to Newcastle United. What do you think is the biggest positive he should be taking from that 90 minutes?
2: that he set out a set of instructions, Rebecca, three at the back, changed the system, split strikers, we talked about James and Radford, and in the main, it worked. And let's not forget, Twan Zabie got injured in the warm-up and they had to throw Rojo in, so it wasn't perfect for them. They probably had a couple of days of work, and he got a reaction from his team, and that will give a little bit of belief and a little bit of confidence in him, because the one thing that will happen if people keep having to go at Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, eventually the players start thinking, is he really that good? Is he sure? They know him, he knows them, they've got a relationship in the dressing room, and today they come out with just as much credit as Liverpool. Yes, they've gained the point, but many people thought Manchester United would get blown away today.
1: And actually, it felt before the game like this could be pushed coming to shove for United because of the opponents, because mm-hmm. losing to Liverpool, their most bitter of rivals, mm-hmm. was almost yeah. unheard of at home as well. So how important a result is that in the context of Solskjaer's reign at United?
3: was so important um, in, in the, the narrative that could grow after this, that he's not competent enough for this job. It's too big for him. All the articles and all the headlines and all the things that he'll want to ignore, the players will want to ignore, but, but as Robbie was saying, infiltrate the locker room at some point and, and deteriorate confidence. Also, he had a former manager... Um, one of our mm-hmm. colleagues in the, stu- in the studio looking down upon this performance who had the last word when the studio went up to Jose Mourinho and Roy Keane and those that would be very critical of, especially against Liverpool, Manchester United not showing up in the, in the, on the competitive side. They were there all game long on that. They could have had excuses with Pogba hurt, uh, Martial not fit enough, Dea coming back from injury, Zabi going out at the last minute. The, 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 there was no excuses they were ready to fall back on. Yes, it's a point. Yes, they played to, to keep um, three points and didn't see it out. But everything about that performance based on the situation is a testament to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer getting a performance out of his team. We'll see if he can build on
8: that. Marcus, your face seems to say "Oh, it, it looks like, it feels like a loss.
6: Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, for me, we deserved, we deserved the three points. Um, I don't think they did enough to get a draw out of the game or a win. Um, so, of course, it's disappointing, but you know this is football we can this these type of things can happen and you know it was obviously a big opportunity missed um, a big game big big occasion for players for the fans Um, and we just fell short but I think now midweek we can hopefully get a win and that can maybe start something start a little uh, run on for us and so yeah that's
9: what we're that's what we're looking to now
1: no win in six in all competitions now for Manchester United, as Marcus Rashford was alluding to there. Back pitch of the chaps are waiting. I think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer at some point, Arlo.
4: Yeah, we'll keep our eyes peeled down to the tunnel area. I've just heard in my ears he's coming now, so we'll just have a little chat about Marcus Rashford until Ole arrives. And we talked about it during the game that he looked frustrated. He looks very frustrated there, doesn't he? Even though that's, on the face of it, a decent result.
6: Yeah, but I mean, I I think going to Lee's point during the game, the the amount of runs he makes in behind, in behind, if you don't get them, and if that's happening game after game after game, you do get frustrated because you're not... You're not on the same page and wavelength as your as your teammates, so mm. it is frustrating. And they he they were desperate to win that game. Ollie, shut up, Graham. To me, yeah, <laughs> <I'll> <laughs> be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. hi, Graham,
4: Graham right. that was a terrific fill as we waited Thank for Ollie much, to come yeah. in. I was we just saying, much Tom appreciated to shut up because you <laughs> know my place. <laughs> oh, well. Oli, live to America yep. and all the uh, the Man United fans across the United States. Yeah. Um, when did you decide? We'll get into the results in, yeah. in a few moments' time. When did you decide to change the system for, for the threat that Liverpool offer you?
13: Uh, when the international break was over and you knew who was fit. <laughs> you never know after international breaks. And, uh, but we do have loads of good centre-backs uh, and it suited us. I think uh, we wanted more width, with, uh, which I think we got with uh, Ashley and Aaron wide and high. We wanted two up front, threatening in behind. We need need more uh, runs in behind, and we got that today. And inevitably, you got to within five
4: minutes, and and the commentator curse struck because we said, and I said, that you looked comfortable at one nil. I'm not sure yeah. whether you yeah. felt it in the in the dugouts nah, area. But, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but how frustrating to get that close and then to concede the you.
13: Ah, it's very frustrating uh, and disappointing because I thought we. I thought we looked OK. I thought we uh, kept them away. They didn't really create big chances. Yes, yeah, some moments, but not really big ones. And we had a couple of counterattacks, which uh, we could have done better with. And you feel, OK, just hang on now and keep keep the ball a bit more. Mm-hmm. That's the disappointment in the, first, in the last 15, 20 minutes. We didn't keep them running in between.
7: I, I did the Newcastle game a couple of okay, weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> so the comparison between the team that day, yes, you had a lot of injuries and you've yeah. still got injuries, yeah. but the comparison between the seemingly, the, the, not the, the hunger and desire and the willingness to yeah. go that extra yeah. bit was totally different today, wasn't it?
13: Yeah, we got a response. Of course, that Newcastle game was very disappointing. Low point this season by a mile. Uh, you know, you dominate the game, but you don't have that spark and creativity. Yeah they didn't have too many chances, but it's one of them games we didn't have that extra. Today, the fans helped us, the fan, the, the players gave everything they've got, and that's what these fans appreciate.
6: Yeah. yeah. Just from the point of view with your system change, obviously yeah. there's a risk-reward, isn't yeah. there, with any system change. Did you feel, that, where were the risks for you in terms of where were you taking chances with changing the system? Was it a little bit in midfield with, yeah. with two in midfield?
13: Yeah, because you could uh, give Firmino... Fabinho, Henderson, Vinaldum, them four in there yes. uh, too much time on the ball, but that's that's okay at times if they don't threaten you in behind. And uh, but we were brave enough to go and press with the two wing backs and have three v three at the back at times. I think Harry, Victor, and Marcus did really well. Ha-
7: tell me because i'm a massive fan how good is marcus rashford i see i ask ah, it, yeah. if i want to know yeah. goalkeepers they have dave seaman i ask about forwards i ask yeah. ian right and yeah. he says his, his is off the shoulder runs are world class
13: yeah and that's that was part of the reason why we, we play him wide as a striker because marcus sometimes has been eaten up as a lone striker i felt yeah. sorry for him at times he's made runs we've not really uh, given him the ball tonight I thought we had two wide strikers who wanted to run and it's not nice to have Dan James and Rashford running down the (laughs) sides. You can see the goal. Great example. There's a couple of other runs uh, with uh, Van Dijk. There's there's a nice chase down uh, down the side. So, Marcus's best game for us, I think. Well, it's been a
4: a difficult start to the season. How are you doing?
13: (laughs) (laughs) How are you doing within yourself? uh, No, I'm good because in football it's margins that go for you and against you and sometimes look We've, we started the season fantastically against Chelsea. Next game against Wolverhampton, I thought we were a- absolutely brilliant. Then mm-hmm. Neves scores an absolute worldie and we miss a penalty. Yeah. Suddenly the doubts start creeping in. Next one, Marcus missed a penalty. So that's football. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can see the. I see these boys every day and I just want to see them um, succeed because they're a great lad uh, or a bunch of lads. They're um, working. Desire is there. Now we're getting players back from injury. That's also been frustrating, but... Mm-hmm. We'll get them back.
4: Congratulations on the tactics and on the result and on the performance thanks. today, Ollie. And we appreciate you joining us. Thank
13: you. I don't, I don't accept uh, congratulations with one point I, <laughs> at home, but, uh, I guess this uh, is totally. Man
4: United. Thanks. Isn't it?
13: Performance was good anyway. Yeah, thanks. excellent. A, Ollie, thanks for great joining great. us. Rebecca, Cheers. we'll
4: send it back to you.
1: Ollie, thank you. Really interesting there. Of course, the Manchester United manager can never be happy with just the no. one point. But interesting what they touched on there. Robbie, I'll come to you first. The desire. Yeah. and the willingness to work hard yeah. and to go the extra mile mm. hasn't been a part of this team and this club yeah. for a number of years no. as a default. I mean, sometimes, but not yeah. as a default. Yeah. Does it look like that's back?
2: That's, what, that's the easiest thing Oli can bring back to, to this group. Yes, we'll talk about transfers they need and maybe goals and maybe midfield players and all those things, but the, the work, the determination, the intensity with which they play today for 85 minutes has got to become come the norm. And when, when Ollie was talking there, and I was thinking about him as a manager, You know, reasonably inexperienced in Premier League terms, the front two of James and Rashford, both young players, both reasonably inexperienced in Premier League terms, it's, there's still a lot of unknowns about this group. And it's, it's, they've got to get through a difficult period, as you say, a default where we know exactly what we're going to get in terms of hard work and effort. And start climbing their way back up to where they want to be, and that's the top six in the table.
1: Kyle, is one of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's biggest problems that he has very little experience Mm. to draw on? He Mm. doesn't have the tools that so many other managers, especially managers that go into Manchester United, Mm. can draw on when they're going through dips like he's in now. Is that one of his hardest tasks to try and make up for?
3: Uh, Yes. Yes, because a great manager and I try to I try to deconstruct some of the good ones I've had and and think about what was excellent about Sir Alex Ferguson. It's the Rolodex you can call on of experiences that calm you in a moment where you should be flustered. You should be worried. And players, you know, the one of the reasons players don't tend to make great managers is um, we're very reactive in in, in the moment. and, And we kind of we lead on emotion and it's a collective emotion that needs to have someone steering it needs to have someone guiding it. And you kind of all go along with that. And so we have a very attuned sense of how a collective group is feeling based off of the communication and the leadership of a manager and when one or two players sense that that manager doesn't have it, doesn't have the answer, or the answer they give, you can tell there's, there's holes in it. As a group, you, you start to kind of lose lose faith. And so today was a huge thing to get that group collectively back on track.
2: With. It was really interesting. There was an interview with uh, Gary Lineker and Marcus Rashford, Rebecca, and I took one thing away from it when Lineker asked him about managers and the difference between Jose and Ole. And he said, Jose Mourinho is a great manager, can go on all that experience, but he said... He's never really played at the level where he understands what I'm going through. He says, he does. So for all those things, we're talking about that experience and that know-how and all the silverware that Jose Mourinho's got, he has got something different. He's been there and he knows it. Missing chances and missing penalties is part of the job. In the red the shirt job. as well. In the red shirt. Well, yeah, and, and a
3: legend, yeah. But um, and, and if that was Jose Mourinho today, it would have been a masterclass. I mean, that, you know, mm. 25% in the second yeah, half and yeah. seeing it out, unlucky goal. So... You know, that's not what he's promising. He wants to fly forward and attack. But today's a good day for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, even if he won't take the congratulations for the point.
1: Indeed, he should do, because he hasn't had too many, yeah. has he? Yeah, since turning Yeah, mm-hmm. since turning full-time manager.
0: It was just three years ago that Sheffield United was playing not in the second tier of English football, mm-hmm. the third tier of English football. And now here they are today, Robbie, getting a win against Arsenal.
2: Today, Sheffield United showed that they were prepared to do what was required to beat Arsenal. Arsenal showed us that they weren't required to do what was going to beat Sheffield United. And it's the biggest light on a professional when a team can want to win a game more than you. And that's what I felt about that game. I felt Sheffield United were more determined, more organised, more focused and understanding on the game plan than what Arsenal were. And by the way, you're searching for a goal, 1-0 down, and you take off club record $88 million signing, something feels wrong.
3: Well, listen, Arsenal didn't uh, – we, we could sit here and talk about what Arsenal did wrong. Um, you know, they were predictable. The second half, they thought it was good enough to play sort of slow, lazy passes on on the back foot of players that gave Sheffield United time to shift. They were playing very narrow. It was all very predictable. But, you know, in the game, it's 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 a bit of a cliche, but it is for a reason. You only get so many big nights under the lights. And tonight was one of the best for those fans – Sheffield United, we just said it, we're in in third division, climbing up. And, by the way, it wasn't smash and grab. They didn't sit and defend for the entire game. They were the better team today, and Martin Tyler said it. They deserved win. The the first half, they did exactly what they needed to do to earn the right to sit back and ask Arsenal what you got. Arsenal
2: didn't have anything today. But Arsenal have got a chance. We talked, almost said before the game, about going third in the league,
3: about David Luiz is talking about, what, winning titles? Championship. Winning titles. I mean... Ridiculous. And Sheffield United have three points off of Arsenal now with that win. Top half of the table at this point in the season. It's, a, you know, as positive as that is for Sheffield United, you, you, you take the opposite view to say it's got to say something of Arsenal, where again the table opens up. But I feel like this has been happening sure. a few seasons. It opens up and it was their chance to climb. They keep promising so much Arsenal and then they keep letting
2: you down. And eventually, they're not, kidding. they're not kidding us and they're not kidding themselves. Sooner or later, they've got to decide who they are and where they are. Are they top four? Are they top six? Or are they just going to keep going like this on an inconsistent run?
8: As coach, were you particularly disappointed in the way they scored? Their goal scorer had nobody marking him. He was right in the middle of goal.
14: Yes, he's with with our goalkeeper. And uh, also, uh, we have uh, three players free for use also that space to to attack the ball. And uh, really for example we can speak about two two action uh, very relevant uh, on the match and they 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 give us uh, the key moment it was one is that goal okay and the second is another another corner for us is very clear the penalty with uh, with uh, with uh, with Socrates, Socrates yes. it's very clear yes
8: there was another incident in the first half also when uh, Bukayo Saka was booked in the penalty area what did you think Perhaps should have been the decision there.
14: For me, the amazing action individual, where he drives, he, he gets the boss dribbling, and then I don't know if it's penalty or no. OK, no penalty, perfect. I think yellow card car is very hard for, for that action, but mm-hmm. I, I accepted that. But really, really, when we are working with BER, the penalty against uh, Socrates, this is for review. In my point of view, this is the action to, to review because it's clear, it's clear. He, he, uh, uh, he earned the, the, the time for, to, to headache and, 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 and it's penalty clear. Okay, But we, we need to accept and also continue. Say- Robbie Earl, Kyle
0: Martino. So what buttons do Unai Emery have to push that he has not been pushing so far, you think?
2: When you, you face the opposition, who've undoubtedly got less ability than you, are organised, defended well, have got a crowd behind them. So basically what I'm saying, a team that do all the basics well, are good enough to beat you, then you have a problem if you're Arsenal because it kind of means you've not even ma- you've not matched what they've done and you're giving your ability a chance to win you the game. And so for him to talk about the least we're saying, and it's something that still makes me angry as, I- as I'm watching it, that you allow a- an opposition player to stand next to my goalkeeper Interfere with his run and then being there to kick a ball in the, in the back of the net and not have sorted out why somebody isn't picking him up still tells me they've got a problem.
3: Especially when you consider we were highlighting the the youth and um, the exciting new movement of teenage players and it was veterans. It was mm. Those were veteran players that, that all three of them didn't switch on and didn't see what you're taught as a, as a kid. Mm. That it doesn't matter what position you're in when you see your goalkeeper being interfered with, the first thing you do, and in Earl's day it was to go stomp on their foot and get them out of there, and now it's just give them a little nudge. Um, it's just when basic things aren't going well. It, it, it's tough for Unai Emery because there's no—he doesn't have to coach that. You, you don't—you don't have to work well, on he set pieces, yeah. And yeah, and I guess that's the point—is do you have to go back to some of that stuff? And it's—it's it's a shame because you look at Arsenal's schedule right now. I mean, they have so many winnable games coming up. This should have been three points. Crystal Palace, who's another team that's high up the table, not, not only because they're performing well, but because the other big clubs are are are, are not taking the opportunity. to to try and raise their level with the two clubs that seem to be light years ahead of of these clubs. Well, what's interesting, and you
2: listen listening to Chris Wilder, he was really harsh with his players after they got beat 1-0 by Liverpool, and and they played quite well that day because he expects better standards. You almost get the sense that if Chris Wilder had that group of Arsenal players, that goal wouldn't have been scored because he would have gone through the detail. He would have made sure that had been sorted out. Now, Now, that can't be right until that Sheffield United have just been promoted this season with... Average players, some who's the first time in the Premier League are doing their job right, and top-class international footballers aren't, then you've got a problem.
1: That does it for this edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast. Be sure to check out other episodes where you'll get a collection of our most spirited in-studio debates as well as exclusive on-site access. Plus, don't miss out on Premier League mornings on weekends at 7am Eastern on NBCSN. I'm Rebecca Lowe. Bye for now.